Well, welcome to another Sad Songs podcast. We've got our usual Sad Songs podcast crew. We've got Joe. We've got Russell. And we've got Kenneth. And me, Stephen. Today, we're going to talk about the Neil Young song, Tired Eyes, which is the 13th song on the album Tonight's the Night. Um, And I'm going to be introducing this one, so I should say something about it at this point. Um, I think this is quite an interesting, sad song. Um, Part of it is it's telling a story, ostensibly, about um, a cocaine deal gone bad and someone getting shot. And there's some part of it which is just uh, a narrative. But what I think is interesting about this song is that something happens after this narrative and we get to hear about something else that Neil Young is thinking about. So... Just before this album is made, um, Neil Young loses a couple of people that he knew to heroin, including um, his um, guitarist from uh, Crazy Horse. Was Crazy Horse's backing band? Am I right? Yeah, Crazy Horse. Yeah, okay. Just just checking. Didn't want to besmirch the uh, the bad guy. So his his um, guitarist Danny Whitten had um, died of a heroin overdose, and. Neil Young had just recorded Harvest, this sort of really um, popular, massive-selling um, album with Heart of Gold on it and lots of other Neil Young classics. And then after this, he kind of renounces a bit of the, the fame, wants to get out of doing country songs, wants to get out of doing middle-of-the-road songs, and wants to start singing about what, what's truly bothering him. And from all accounts, what was bothering him is this story about his um, guitarist uh, dying, and he he turned up to the recording um, sessions, um, strung out, as the expression goes, I think. So Neil Young would send him home. And when he went home, he died of an overdose. So there was a number of years, I think Neil Young was feeling quite bad about this whole episode. And what you see is different bits of this story creep out in different Neil Young songs. So what we get in Tired Eyes is at the beginning, we've got two verses which are about this um sort of fictionalised or maybe a, a real one that you'd seen in the news, a cocaine deal going bad in a canyon and people getting shot. But then what we see in the third verse is it kind of turns away from this fictionalised story and it's actually a bit about Neil Young's friend who's died. Um, so that's when we get this bit, you know, tell me more, tell me more, where the journalist sort of voice comes on to Neil Young and says, you know, was he a heavy doper? Was he a friend of yours? And the way Neil Young sort of can't even sing these bits, just has to kind of say them like a totally broken man, I think is is the really sad part of this song. Just this absolute weariness with what's happened and just the sadness in, in what he does. And then I think the other sad part of this song is, or another sad part of this song, is the chorus just where he's sort of saying, you know, it's not that interesting really open up those tired eyes, but just the way he does it with this absolute weariness and this little few notes on the guitar that you get before he says it, which sort of try and like reset the situation every time as he just sort of begs for the same thing to happen over and over again. Again, I think this is a a really sort of sad moment in the song. So I think it's an interesting one. It's, um, It's a vignette, but it's also coupled to this sort of 
real deep sorrow that he feels. And this is one of the things, of course, I'm going to mention a bit of psychoanalysis at this point. I always do. This is one of the things you sometimes see in psychoanalysis. You know, people want to get the story out, but you often can't just start the song. You can't start the story about whatever it is that you want to speak about. So it needs this cover. So at the beginning, we do have this sort of, you know, the manifest content. It's ostensibly about this kind of cocaine deal going bad, this crime happening in a, in a canyon. But this gets peeled away as you listen to the song. And then by the third verse, it becomes what it was really about, the sort of the latent content, the real message comes out. And you get to hear this, um, the actual story behind it. I mean, it's it's all sad. So you can see that it's all kind of tacked on to this feeling that he has about um, these sort of people who've who've gone away, who've, who've, who've died. I shouldn't use the metaphor gone away, they've died. And, well, I'll let someone else have a go at this one now. But I think that's what I thought about this one in terms of sad song. What do you think, Joe? I don't think I'd ever heard this song before. So, yeah, it's a, a, a new one to me. I've given it a number of listens. I, I've got to say, I, I it's grown on me a lot. At first, I was a bit unsure about it, really. The first feeling I got, really, was actually a, a weird sort of nostalgia. But I say weird sort of nostalgia you know, because it's sort of a nostalgia for a time I wasn't even alive. It's a nostalgia really for sort of my parents' era, I suppose, when this came out. Um you mentioned Steve the the delivery of it. That's something that actually really gets me and I do think is really sad. You can hear his voice is is not only weary but is sort of breaking, I think, at parts and sounds worn down to the to a point, and actually, I was looking this because uh, I, I was reading a story about the album being made, and obviously the whole the whole tragic circumstances sort of around it. And apparently, he had um, a really brutal throat infection while it was being made as well, from going on a, a really a, a long and I think pretty brutal tour in terms of uh, drug abuse and all that. But that's one thing I always find really sad in any in any of these sort of songs is when you hear the voice sort of physically or like actually going. And I think that that adds a, quite a real sadness to this one. Um, in terms of the actual content, uh, yeah, like you said, I think it's in, interesting what you're saying about this, which is what a lot of singers do, which is you approach a story in, in this way of giving it some cover, which is sort of clearly what's going on here, I guess. Um, there's a few sort of lines. I like this, the repeat line of bullet holes in the mirrors. Um I sort of, and at the end, it's then asked again, "What do you mean he had bullet holes in his mirrors?" Um, and I don't really know, but I quite like that line. I don't know if anyone else got any idea about the sort of meaning of that. There's ideas you could have of it, um, you know, trouble in his past and stuff like this. I guess in the mirror, looking back, and um, but yeah, generally, I think it's good. It's got it's got a real ramshackle quality to it, and sounds very much of its era of its time. The ramshackleness, again, I suppose, probably comes from the fact... I think the album was kind of cobbled together, and he was really not in a good way making it, which I do think you can hear as well. Um, so, yeah, I like it. It's pretty It's it's pretty tragic, really, isn't it? Good good point, Joe. Um, I do think the bullet holes in the mirror, I remember reading it somewhere. I can't remember. I couldn't find the source again today. But I, I do think that's something that he said to a journalist about um, Danny Witten, you know, just as a sort of throwaway thing and then they picked up on mm. it and then just kept asking you know what what does this mean what you know what was the story how did it happen um, um so i think that is a bit of sort of real life creeping into it and cool. you make another good point about the um 
the the drink and drugs and stuff you know i think sort of by this point neil young hates heroin right which has taken away his friends but he still quite likes cocaine and alcohol and you know you can hear um some of the interviews of people who recorded it and they say you know we used to basically just get messed up a bit and then then have a go at writing the songs for the day yeah i mean i take that that chorus i suppose it's kind of obvious isn't it in a way i i see it as a as a probably he's talking to himself in some way to, you know, take my advice, open up the tired eyes, sort of move on past, move on past the abuse, I guess, open up the tired eyes. You get, for me, with the the sound of the song as well, I get the real imagery of someone like, what was the, what was the phrase you used a minute ago? Strung out, someone strung out with their eyes going is sort of what I picture with the, with that chorus. Ross, what did you think about this one? Well, again, uh, it's one that I've not really listened to before. Although it, the, the, the chorus, I, I had some kind of weird sort of recollection and I, I couldn't remember whether I'd heard it on the Neil Young compilation. I'm not sure I've listened to this album before and that's probably a bit of a, a confession because it seems to be a bit of a fan favourite, this one. Um, and I don't consider myself a massive Neil Young fan, but I've certainly, you know, I, I, I like Neil Young and I've, I've listened to a lot of his back catalogue, but, but shamefully not this album. Um, my initial thoughts were... Um, there seemed to be sort of in the first couple of verses a, a real kind of specificity, similar to, I guess, the, the Down Easter Alexa in terms of uh, sort of, you know, a very specific situation, a very uh, specific location, uh, which seems to have been some kind of canyon outside of Los Angeles. Um, but then, as you say, things sort of turn in the third verse, it becomes more of a, a personal thing, and that, that didn't happen in the Down Easter Alexa. So it, it made it all the more sad in terms of my uh, my appreciation of it and uh, just picking up a couple of things that, that, that have already been sa- said it it sounds like a man in in rough shape singing it I mean it, it's got really kind of during the kind of chorus this kind of spoken word almost lazy sort of tone to it the chorus it sounds to me like quite off pitch the whole thing has a kind of really blurry sort of um you know it's, it's, it's straining at the top of his range a lot of the time and and the, uh, the the kind of very raw kind of nature of the recording. Um, I, I read a little bit about the recording process. It also said that uh, Neil Young didn't allow the band to rehearse before recording and, and everything was kind of like pretty much first take, um, you know, and and perhaps that's uh, to communicate this sense of uh, raw emotion that, that, it, that, it, that comes into it. Um, similarly, I, I sort of picked up on the chorus as being, you know, almost projecting um, you know, he's saying, please take my advice, as if he's saying to someone else, but it, it's really about him. Um, and I guess that's kind of based on, you know, the, the loss that he's experienced and the, the, the probably a sense of fear that he might have about his own um, excesses and how that might kind of impact upon him um, personally. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, it, it was an interesting song to, to listen to. As I say, a, a weird sense of familiarity that I'm not quite sure why. It's a super point that you both made there, really, about the um, the chorus being maybe addressed to himself. And I'm sure it's it's fulfilling many functions and there's not just one sort of thing it's trying to do. But I definitely say there's part of it is it's a sort of time problem where he's trying to sort of go back in time almost and say you know please take my advice open the tight eyes to the the people who've gone and it's this sort of fantasy that he could have stopped whatever happened happening well everyone's gone quiet so kenneth do you have a (laughs) 
Well, yeah, I, was, I mean, I was waiting for someone to ask me, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, one of the, the good things about it is we all kind of agree with Stephen there, which is rare, that this is, uh, this is a sad song. It does qualify, and I certainly agree with everything that's been said. Um, I, I've, uh, I've learned, well, um, my mind's been opened a little bit from the discussion so far about this chorus. I, I often have trouble with um, some of these, uh, these lyrics, which are kind of, kind of, as you've all said, sort of obfuscating the, the kind of the, the main issue you know Stevens put it in sort of psychoanalytical terms it's this manifest content which we're given and we've kind of got to pick apart the latent content which we don't really get to the end I often find it difficult to work out what some of the kind of key lines mean like please take my advice open up the tired eyes um, and so I was quite glad to hear you, the three of you ruminate on that um, I do feel it is a kind of like a sort of projection uh, onto other people in a way yeah um and as Stephen says going back into the past to try and kind of undo the past i mean given that from the story that Stephen said before this it, it was neil young's advice that the guy go home so it's kind of like yeah he's, he's now giving different advice and sort of wanting that to be taken and um, it's certainly a song that i kind of associate with this kind of sleepy sleepiness um you know uh, i can really imagine somebody uh, certainly Neil Young kind of singing it through these very, very kind of uh, bloodshot eyes. I mean, he always wears those sunglasses as well, doesn't he? These kind of poker glasses as if we're not really supposed to get the real kind of window into his soul that we would normally get looking in somebody's eyes. Um, and yeah, I, I get the feeling that these tired eyes are a kind of a, a metaphor for the the kind of cloudy way in which we see things, um, the past and, and the future. I also like the... Um, well, I always think it's like the, in a way, the real refrain. I mean, there's the there's the chorus, but the little refrain at the end of every stanza or every verse, which is he tried to do his best, but he could not. Um, and I really quite like that. It's kind of a basic um, excuse, but like a kind of genuine reason why things have gone wrong for this guy. Um, and it's the reason that I think both um, Neil Young and the person that the song's about deserve a certain amount of pity, you know, tried the best, but they just couldn't. Um, and I think that's probably the most heart-wrenching um, aspect of the song for me. So that's all I really have to say about it. Um, I, one thing I would actually I just remembered I did want to say was the, the chorus is absolutely beautiful. Uh, the It's got this kind of real kind of um, hitch you between the eyes chord progression, really kind of uh, quite, I don't know, it's, it's such a common one. I don't know what key it's in, but it's basically the equivalent of like C, a minor F, G, which is a really kind of standard, almost cliched um, chord progression. But it's a very sort of, in a way, comforting one, um, which, I mean, I, you know, I, I find really um, is, is quite uplifting almost in the chorus. It does give you the sense that there is some kind of look into the future, you know, open up your eyes, you know, try and move on. There we it's go. In interesting you should put it that way. Can something I hadn't thought about, but um, if you're trying to say something that has multiple meanings, sometimes one of the, the the clues to this is the repetition. So the chorus isn't "Please take my advice, mm. open up your tired eyes." Please take my advice, open up, but it's "Please take my advice, please take my advice, please take my advice," which has this sort of aspect of you know the many ways in which "Please take my advice" is being addressed, and maybe mm. adds to our thesis that there's. Yeah, that could certainly that could certainly well be, and I mean that also makes it slightly disconnected to the open up the tired eyes, as if um, you know it's not like please take my advice, and my advice is to open up your eyes. Um, it it could in that sense make it more like please take my advice, separate clause, 
open up the tired eyes. It's also interesting that the tired eyes, I think that's what he's singing, isn't it? The tired eyes. I think so, yeah. Um, or maybe a bit of a yaw. It's not necessarily... Well, I, I, I don't know. What I was reading was The Tired Eyes, but obviously these lyrics aren't often printed printed that clearly. But, I mean, as a, with a lot of kind of choruses like this and a lot of poetry, you know, the, the perspective shifts um, in terms of sometimes it's third person and it'll suddenly switch to first and whatever the second person is. You know, you're not quite sure who's the addresser and who's the addressee. Um, and I think that's one of the kind of really nice ambiguities of this uh, this chorus. And you do sometimes see that in songs where, you know, the, the lyrics are written down as open up the tired eyes, but then occasionally the person will move away from it on some versions mm. of it when it's sung and some moments in the song. So you get these little variations. Mm. Well, anyone got a final comment on this one? Uh, no, I think it behooves you to make a final comment, really. I mean, good choice, Steve, actually, yeah, for once. Yeah, yeah. and then, and, and oh. I think I'm going to have been introduced this as uh, not just a song, but as an album that I need to spend more time with. Mm. Yeah, good one, Steve. Well, thanks for um, all your comments, and thanks for listening, anyone listening. Um, everyone listening, let's assume that there is someone listening. and our next uh, discussion will be Russ talking about uh, Richard Dawson's Fulfillment Centre